hello and welcome to the Dictionary of Moments podcast. My name is Jason Geary. I'm your host. Let's read some stories. You've had a lovely time since the last time you listened to the podcast. That might be a week ago. That might be right, like five minutes ago. Who knows how you listen to these things. It has been a definite week for me in between podcasts. Um, I'd like to say it was a good week. And, you know, as far as weeks go, it wasn't a bad week. It was a locked down in Melbourne week. So it was uh, one trip a day out of the house uh, two if I'm lucky and got to do the shopping on one of those days uh, and then just a walk, you know, 5Ks from my house. Uh, I'm discovering new paths uh, around uh, and through parklands. Uh, I'm following the desire paths and discovering little creek beds and things like that. So uh, I'm trying to have as many adventures as I can stuck in this little five-kilometer bubble. We are making a difference, and uh, hopefully it will mean that we can go out and be social soon. Wherever you are in isolation at the moment, be it a relaxed state or a um, stricter one like Victoria at the moment, I hope you are coping okay, and I hope this podcast brings you a little break from uh, that solitude as well. So... Uh, settle in by yourself or with someone else and listen to three new stories for this week. Exile. Noun. The state of being barred from one's native country, typically for political or punitive reasons. Exile. I walked down familiar streets. Streets that I'd grown up walking. Streets that I'd lived my adolescent life on. Everything and nothing had changed in the 25 years since I'd roamed and ruled these streets. The stakes were high back then. And I hadn't returned to the Corey Street Milk Bar car park since I fought my best friend all that time ago. It all felt so real then. These five blocks were my world. If you lived outside these five blocks and you had a problem with anyone inside the five blocks, you had to answer to me. I was the guardian of King's Park. I didn't pretend to be in charge. That wasn't my role. I was the muscle. Matthew Hookson, a.k.a. Hookie, was in charge. Hookie was smart and handsome, but thin as a reed. He knew he needed me and he treated me with respect. And for a giant boy self-conscious about his size and strength, that was all I wanted. 
how I got my reputation was a bit bizarre. One day I accidentally knocked William James off his bike. And before I knew it, I had a reputation as a tough guy. Now, I didn't feel tough. I was scared most of the time. But when I leaned into the role, people looked at me differently. So I ran with it. I know now that I wasn't the bully. That was Matthew's job. I was the weapon he used to threaten. But I might as well have been. It's the funny logic a child uses to fit in. It was all that I wanted. But as time has proven to me over and over, nothing good lasts forever. We live life in bubbles that burst when you are exiled, and then that version of you dies. This was my first bubble. For three years, this role, this version of me, this bubble was everything. The day I fought hooky was the day this bubble burst. I was cast out to reflect on and reinvent myself. It's a process I'm still trying to understand the subtleties of. Hooky wanted me to beat down this Asian kid just because he was Asian. Neighbourhood was changing from white, middle class to multicultural. I said no to Hooky, I didn't want to. I questioned Hooky in front of everyone who hung out at the Corey Street milk bar. Right then, Hooky saw his power base shift. He got angry at me. And he took a swing. I ducked and he hit his hand on the door of the shop, shattering the glass. In that moment, I saw real fear in his eyes as the other kids swore and laughed. I pushed him to the ground and the damage was done. I didn't even have to hit him. The shopkeeper came out and grabbed Hooky. The rest of us jumped on our bikes and split. That was the last time I was here. I went to the Allen Street Milk Bar after that. Everything changed after that. Friendships, schools, me. It was the first major upheaval of my life. The first time I'd asked myself, who am I? What am I doing with my life? Cast an old me out and I learned to find a new. I've lived in and burst dozens of bubbles since. Each time I do, an old me is sent to the annals of memory and I try to reinvent myself anew using what I've learned about myself to move on. Now, I'm wary of creating new bubbles at all. They're false positive. And as each one bursts, I lose a little more of myself. Adjective, based on, concerned with, or verifiable by observation or experience, rather than theory or pure logic. Empirical. Go to bed, James. Go to bed right now. No way, Mum. I'm not going anywhere. Tonight is the night that I meet Santa. Dad chimed in. He already looked tired. James, I've told you before. If you don't go to bed, Santa won't come. It's in the bloody song. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Now, you need to be asleep for Santa to come. Go to bed. 
I sat with my arms crossed on the couch, looking directly at the fireplace. Mum spoke to Dad like I wasn't there. I always hated that. What are we going to do? Her voice got deeper, like she was talking through her teeth. Santa can't come if he doesn't go to bed. Responding to Mum's gritted teeth, Dad noticeably changed demeanour. How old did he think I was? James, mate, come on now, buddy, it's late. It's Christmas Eve, it's raining outside, and if you want Santa to bring you that trampoline, you need to go to bed. Because it's going to take Santa a good long while to set up that trampoline in this weather. Santa will just magic it together. I've seen it in the movies. Well, sometimes Santa might run out of magic and have to have one of us help him out. Impossible. The only way Santa would run out of magic is if too many people stop believing in the magic of Christmas. Now, I know you're a Santa skeptic. I hear you and mum talking about what Santa will bring in hushed tones. I want to see him for myself. Everyone at school is saying he's not real, but I know that he is. I know it. So tonight... I'm going to stay up and meet him. And when he comes to drop off my trampoline, I'll be here. Dad threw his arms into the air. Mum huffed and walked out of the room. Dad followed fast. I could hear them talking in a heated discussion, but I couldn't quite make out what they were saying. I didn't care. I wasn't going to move for anyone. After five minutes, Mum and Dad came in again. This time they were acting like our previous conversation had not happened at all. All right then, night-night. We'll see you bright and early in the morning. Mum leaned in and kissed my head. Dad followed. Yep, uh, Mum and I are bushed. We're going to bed. Hope you meet Santa. Make sure he leaves something good for me. I've been a good man this year. Mum huffed. Dad winked and they went upstairs. I stared at the fireplace for what seemed like an eternity. My senses were hyper-vigilant. I looked at the clock and found two hours had slipped by. When I looked back at the fireplace, I began to imagine a roaring fire, and my eyelids became heavy. I shook my head twice to wake myself up. It worked for a short while, but I felt the weight of sleep descending on me. I got up and walked around and then sat back down again. No good. I figured that if I leant on my right side, I'd be able to stay awake longer. I never slept on my right side. If I did, it meant I was facing the wall in my bedroom and I'll be damned if I'm going to sleep with my back to the door. I lay my head on the arm of the couch and I took a deep breath. As I exhaled, I felt my eyelids dip. I snapped them up again. No way was I going to sleep. No way. But I'll just, I'll just rest my eyes and listen for the sled or movement on the roof or in the chimney. I felt a hand on my shoulder. Santa! I opened my eyes to see my mum and dad in their pyjamas. Dad's knuckles were bleeding and covered in band-aids. I looked at my mum and she had a smile on her face. Did you meet him? Did you meet Santa? As the haze of sleep cleared, I realised it was the morning. Ah, I missed him. I looked over at the beer and the cookies and the carrot that we'd left out, half drunk, half munched. Curiously, odd parts of the food was left over like someone wanted you to know that they'd have some of it, but not all of it. 
I fell asleep. I fell asleep. Dad yelled from the window, Look, Santa must have come. I went over to the window and looked out. There was a huge trampoline in the pristine morning light. Dad rested his hand on my shoulder. I looked at his fingertips. They were bright red. Ah, next time, mate. You'll get him next year. Now go out there and jump. For a second, I felt a small tinge of disappointment. I let myself down. But Santa didn't seem to mind. I'll prove it next year. Overwhelm, verb, to have a strong emotional effect on. Overwhelm, I can't find hope. Anywhere I look for it, I'm met with reckless people crawling over the top of each other to satisfy themselves. A careless, chaotic chorus. I want to hide for self-preservation. I know I should reach out, but I can't. I've lost. So I shrink into a ball and just rock. If I make myself small enough, maybe the chaos will wash over me and not take me to the bottom with it. It's not brave or bold or big of me, I know. I simply can't do anything in response. I've shut down, shut off. Once I find the strength in myself, then maybe I can find hope in this mess. very much for listening to the Dictionary of Moments this week. I hope you enjoyed the stories. Uh, a little up, a little down, you know how it goes. Um, the You can buy a book that I wrote. I took some time off the dictionary recently to write a book. It's called Lost and Found, Magical Stories from Melbourne. It is a... Uh, uh, online book, an ebook, and an audio book. Uh, you can find the link to purchase that book and the audio book in the show notes of this podcast. Uh, it is pay what you feel. Uh, so you can support me by buying a copy of that. You can pay $1. You can pay $20. You can pay $20 five times and pay $100 for the book. I don't mind. I'd just like you to read it. So uh, please click on that link and grab a copy with what you can afford uh, at the moment. Uh, if you are a regular listener to the Dictionary of Moments, uh, please feel free to subscribe to my Patreon, which is also linked in the show notes. That is a monthly subscription fee uh, via Patreon. Uh, there are different levels you can uh, pay at there, uh, and that helps support keep the podcast live and online to pay for back-end things like hosting, uh, microphones, and that sort of stuff. Um, so please, if you get a chance uh, and enjoy the podcast on a regular basis, 
hit me up on Patreon. That would be lovely. Uh, thank you so much to the patrons that do exist uh, and have supported me. Thank you to the Heartstrings Project for the beautiful music that you continue to hear uh, throughout this podcast. Please check them out on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, you will find uh, a new songs from them up there uh, at the moment. Uh, and I will talk to you again next week. Thank you. Bye. Follow you blindly, my